my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. What is up? Welcome back to the 4 Men Podcast. We uh, This is episode five, and um, it's actually funny. So John Luke was not on our first episode, and uh, this is before it came out, and he had said, what was the title for the first one? And we said, should Christians watch Game of Thrones? And he was a little caught off guard because John Luke has watched Game of Thrones, and he was not in on that conversation to, pos- to possibly provide a little bit of a different uh, insight to it. So, Yeah, I did watch, I totally watched Game of Thrones, 100%. Binge watched Game of Thrones. Binge watched it in about three months to catch up to the eighth season, and has then followed up with, House of Dragon and all the other stuff, and also read the books. So I am deep in sin here. And I'm not <laughs> saying I disagree with the statement that Christians should not read Game of Thrones. I'm not saying they should. I'm saying it's a slippery slope. You mean watch? Yeah, watch. Yeah, I'm not saying they should. As someone who has, I'm not saying that. Is Is reading as imaginative as watching it? No, it's way worse on TV. Yeah. yeah. The shows are way worse than the books. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Look, there's an even better show, and it's called SWAT. And there's what? a Christian yeah. on it, and it's great. It's got Swat. Christian values, okay. just they slip it right in yeah. there. It's a yeah. great, wholesome show. We'll title yeah, this yeah, one. I mean, it's, it's like three times better than We'll you. title this one Why No One Should Don't Watch No one, yeah. Yeah. No, no one watch what? <laughs> you got Isaac uh, on now. He's that's yeah. why they didn't renew the season. You, was, you and Parker were the only two that watched it. You don't know anything about right SWAT. All right, let's get into James 3. Jon Snow was right, though. Okay, let's go. And returning again for the fifth time, obviously, we have Parker Reeves and Luke. Uh, I felt like Steve Harvey on a Family Feud. So welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us again. We're fixing to get into James 3, which um, is one of my favorite topics in the Bible. So controlling the tongue it says, dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Well, he's kicking that off hot. I feel like, because obviously reading more into James 3, because obviously we've read it before we've come here. um, I feel like James 3, 1, like, I feel like the first verse, it's a little, not that it's out of place, but it's, it kind of just seems like randomly placed there, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I was, I was wondering what y'all's opinion was on that. Yeah, it's interesting that like jumping from James 2 
it's all about like like the last line of James two is as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. And then he comes right off of that talking about like speech, mm-hmm. as in like that's something you're doing. Yeah, that's interesting. We actually it's like throughout the whole thing he talks about the tongue. We'll get into that and like you know, different facets of it and like illustrations of, of it. But then he starts it off with saying like, not many of you should become teachers. And like, and if you do, you'll be judged heart like more strictly. Cause I think about, you know, Luke twelve forty eight, where it says like, to whom much is given, much is required. But I, just, I feel like when, when I, when I read the whole thing, I, I just go, go back to that first verse and I'm like, that's a, like, it's an interesting way to like start, start the chapter. And then you go into, all these things about like the tongue and like how it's like how it controls like your life basically. What do y'all think? I was thinking about this just like from a teacher standpoint, how it can be uh, like discouraging to read this right off the bat because it's like if you are a teacher or preacher, but I was looking at a standpoint of like encouraging you in the aspect of like knowing what you're talking about, like diving into the word and then, you talk, you know, Hebrews talks about how the word's alive and active. And so if we study the God's word and know what we're preaching, teaching, not whether we're going to make a, we're going to make a mistake. Like, and I know I've, I, I said, Hey, I misquoted a verse. I said it was this chapter and you know, that type deal. But, um, cause I've studied this and read this and I'm like, man, like being a teacher can, there's a, could be a slippery slope, but it's also, it's not because I think you, um, if you take this serious, and I think that's why James starts it starts it out with this, because what the tongue can do, because he later says, uh, we praise the Lord with our tongue, and we also uh, curse people with our tongue. So um, for me on this is just really um, to know, like when I'm going into a situation to teach or preach, is like make sure I put in the time and then allow the Spirit to guide the the preparation that I've had for something, you know. So I don't know, that was something right off the bat that I was like, because I've read this and been discouraged, and then also I'm, I'm trying to read it from the mindset of just encouraging me to actually uh, be ready to give an account for what I believe in, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I, I even think, too, I, th- I think it's less, I think it's less strict on, like, what you're teaching and more, like, how you live your life. Like, I think that's why later he goes on to talk about, like, you know, like, for if we could control our tongues, we'd be perfect and, con- and could also control ourselves in every other way. But like starting by saying, like not many of you should become teachers, right? For who who teach will be will be judged more strictly. So I think like even less judged strictly for like teaching, but it's more for like if you're choosing to teach the way that you live your life, it's gonna be it's gonna be judged more strictly for the way that you live. Yeah, almost. That's kind of how I interpret it. Well, I think we talked about that two or three weeks ago when talking about. Uh, faith and works and all the things of like, um, you know, you can't have one without the other. And so I think if we, if we do know this, but we don't live it, then it's no good, right? It's dead. So I think that's, yeah, that's another facet to look at it from. I think it's uh, what I made me just think about is this day and age of social media and everything. There's a lot of quote teachers out there, right? Anybody can get on Instagram Mm -hmm. and start going on a rant about what they think about a certain passage of scripture. And I think it's just, it can be easily like, oh, anyone can just teach. And I think as those aren't all bad, but 
You had to be really careful because obviously you're you are if you're saying you're teaching God's word, like people are listening to that and that's gonna drive how they perceive God and the scriptures. Like that should not be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. So I think it just makes it like Luke's saying, just making sure if you're gonna get in front of people and teach, like it, you should not take that lightly. You know, you should make sure you actually know the word. Yeah. Um and I just think that's not always considered, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it starts with good intentions. People want to encourage people or share a thought yeah. they learn, but yeah, this should definitely make us think about what we're saying before we just throw something up on social yeah. media. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you say that, it makes me think of, and I'm probably going to botch the verse so you can maybe finish it, but you know the verse in the New Testament where it talks about, um, like for those who like lead other, like lead the children, like lead lead others astray, it'd be better for him to be thrown into the lake with the millstone around his neck. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just that. Um, yeah, I think it's about like children too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's well, more, yeah, but it's about like leading them astray. And it's like that person, it's better for that person to be, I, I think it's something like that. Yeah. I, I kind of want to look it up. So we'll keep talking. So I want to look it up and get, get that verse correct for what it actually says. I feel like on, I've been seeing so, so much more of this lately on like Instagram and like Twitter and threads of people doing these like little short, like this is what you think the Bible is, but this Mm -hmm. is what it actually is. And like most of them are just like nonsense. It's like, it's like, oh, it's like sounds cool. It's like, oh, we found Noah's Ark or, oh, this is here, you know, whatever. Um, And I'm like, what, who are you even to come up with this? Like, why are people commenting on this? Like, wow, so good. Like, this is just simply not true. And that's like, for us on the teaching standpoint of like, it is, the Bible is so complicated, like in its entirety. And it takes a lot of yeah. study and knowledge to like boil a, boil down a passage to is to its essence, mm-hmm. you know? Um, not that we shouldn't, we can't do that in our own reading, but to teach something is, is just something totally different. Right. And, uh, that's like I think the warning for us and the for us making it and for those watching, like if you see something that is seems too simple, like that's something you need to investigate because yeah, yeah maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, in this this is it's Matthew eighteen six and it says if anyone causes one of these little ones who those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large Millstone hung around their neck and it'd be drowned in the depths of the sea. So there's that. But yeah, it's like, I think I agree. It's like to, to some extent, we're all teachers with any kind of influence you have. And if you, you know, are sharing God's word and if you're leading other people, you know, you do have influence. So if you have influence, then you're, you're, you know, you're teaching. I don't know. I don't know to what extent or to what context he's saying. If she become teachers in the church, I don't know if that means you know, pastoral people, but then again, they don't, they, you know, they didn't really have that necessarily. Well, they did, but not necessarily kind of how we have it set up today. Yeah. But it's cool that he follows it up in verse two. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. So it's cool. Like he says that. So look, I think that kind of speaks to, you know, to not being discouraged because he follows it up. You know, it says those be, those be judged more strictly. Then he says, we all make many mistakes. It's almost like, you know, you don't have to actually be perfect. And that's what he says in the next verse. 
I think it's interesting. He says, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. So I'm reading in NLT. Then ESV says, if anyone does not stumble, we would be perfect. And so it's almost like, it's so interesting that like James equates like utmost spiritual maturity with like not stumbling with your tongue, like with your words. Yeah. He doesn't say anything, you know. And we were talking about this before, where he's like controlling your eyes or controlling these other things. But he says, like, if you can control your tongue, then that man would be perfect. Yeah. It's interesting. I think when I read it, um, I think that there's a lot to do with the tongue and obviously with it being like the subheading of this this portion. But like, I just, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. And I just think about that verse. Um, I'm in the same boat. I can't remember what verse it is, but like, don't do anything that would cause your brother to stumble. Like that's the verse that comes to my mind Mm -hmm. and like how we, we have to all be thinking about those things, but in the position of somebody that's, I, like you said a minute ago, like maybe it's a teacher, maybe it's a pastor, but really just somebody that's in authority or a leadership role in a ministry of any kind you that that verse don't let don't do anything that would cause your brother to stumble i think is like another verse to be tied to this because that's the point is that if you don't think that you could not have a drink in public as a in a leadership position i'm not saying what you should do about that but it's something to consider considering how many people look to you for guidance and and look to you as a role model and it's just you're going to be judged with greater strictness. So like there's things that he's, he's not saying what to do about each of these things. Like teetotal, don't teetotal, like don't drink alcohol at all, whatever. Don't do this or that. He's just saying you're going to be judged with greater strictness. So some of you maybe shouldn't be mm-hmm. teachers if you can't do that. So it's really just, and that's something like we can go into it or not. But I mean, for me in my life, I've just had to make that decision that, I'm gonna. I'm not going to participate at all. More for a personal reason, but also, along the way, I just learned that like it just carries an image, like everything you do. Pornography is not an easy subject to hear about, but it is something that must be talked about. There are so many companies out there that are working against you, your family, and your marriage, but there is one company that is working for you, and that is Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes has been the number one trusted software for the last 23 years in the fight to live a porn-free life. And I'm so passionate about the subject because I have seen it just rule so many people's lives for my life, specifically for a couple years um, late into high school and uh, early on into college. It is something that I just could not seem to uh, just get a grasp on and really just to defeat. And I know so many people in the same boat and it has become something that it's just so normalized in our culture that... Um, you know, everyone is struggling with it. So it can kind of be easy to get complacent with it, but it is the last thing that we need to get complacent about because it really can destroy your, your marriage, your, 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 your future marriage. It can destroy uh, your family and it can just destroy you and just the way that you view um, these intimate things that God has created. So I just really challenge you to, to look at your life and to see if this is something that you're wrestling with, because it will uh, impact your marriage. It will impact your, your, your future marriage if, if you're still single. And it is something that we must get serious about today. And that 
is why Victory by Covenant Eyes is a powerful tool that helps Christians who are serious and want to quit porn for good or never start in the first place. Victory combines industry-leading technology with decades of experience in leadership and recovery content, accountability, and behavior change. And the Victory app has powerful accountability features built in, and the optional blocking technology makes it an unparalleled tool in the fight to live a porn-free life. And scripture also teaches us the importance of being held accountable. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And the best thing about it too is that it is super easy. So here's how it works. First, use my link, covenanteyes.com slash huff and download Victory on all of your devices. Once installed, Victory runs silently in the background of your devices and uses cutting edge AI technology to watch the screen for behavior that does not match your goals. Next, you will invite a trusted friend to be your ally. This is someone who can walk beside you through the ups and downs of recovery. Your ally will get push notifications of any porn use and reminders to have accountability conversations, even if everything is going great. So remember, accountability is not others calling you out of your sin, but it is them calling you up to the person that you are in Christ. And anybody can get started on their path to recovery for free today by visiting covenanteyes.com slash huff and using my promo code huff for 30 days free or by clicking on the link in the show notes today. That's covenanteyes.com slash huff. Yeah, Romans 14, 21, which my, much of my version says, it is not it is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. They were talking about like the Jews versus the Gentiles right. and all the dietary restrictions and should they still have to follow them and all that. And and like on that, I just read further down, like if you just if you just go even deeper into that metaphor, like look at the ships. Also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So if you think about a church and if that pastor is kind of the pilot of that ship, mm. he's teaching that congregation, he's teaching that body of believers one small movement done by the pilot mm. turns that whole ship in a different direction. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I was thinking about too, Reese, is because it talks about how the the bridle how it gets a horse in control and like the same thing, like you got a wild animal, you put a nose, like there's a small piece that can, and I think about us or for me in my life before Jesus is like, your tongue was uncontrollable, right? So like so many years of my life, you just said what you'd say, like, and so what you said, you acted on and that become your lifestyle, right? And so I had a guy bring that up to me. He's like, well, how do you tame the tongue if for so many years, I didn't tame the tongue because it's such a hard thing to control, right? And so, uh, and it really made me think, it's like, man, for so long, just like in sin, if we continue to sin over and over and over, and that's what we're used to, same way with our tongue, like, not if it's just like cussing or if it's just like gossip or like whatever it may be, however we use the tongue, but it says, and this is what it brought me. Obviously, you can go to Galatians, the fruits of the Spirit. Like, mm-hmm. how do we tame the tongue? And then if you look at the fruits of the Spirit, but also, like it says, Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is alive and active, piercing through joint and marrow, soul and spirit. And so it's like, if we teach what the Word of God says, there's no way we can mess it up if we stick to this. And so mm-hmm. that's something, because it's like your tongue is so used to the same thing. It's a sanctification process. It's not like... You're not going to just quit cussing tomorrow if you decide today, right? You're going to stumble. Because I think you can get so discouraged when you become a Christian. It's like, man, I had a dirty mouth and I want to change that. But don't think next week you're going to stop cussing like you were. Mm -hmm. 
But the more you hang around people that don't cuss or the more that don't gossip or don't do these things, then you don't have to consciously think about, hey, I'm not going to say a cuss word in this moment or, hey, I'm not going to talk about so-and-so because it's just like, and so mm-hmm. when, when the Holy Spirit sanctifies your heart, your motives begin to change and you have this pure heart and pure things start coming out because I had a guy tell me like, what comes into here comes to here and then it comes out of here. And so it's like to your brain, to your heart and what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. And so, um, I don't know, I think that's, reads that was a big part I'd, had a discussion with some people about is, uh, I don't know, it was to encourage you out there, you know, if you are struggling with the tongue, I think that's a lot of things that we can get discouraged with, or I could, if, you know, it's like, hey, I want to change this now. Well, like our walk with Jesus is a marathon. It's not Mm -hmm. a, not a sprint. So like this sanctification is a year and day in, day out deal. So anyways, don't, don't get discouraged if you're in that situation right now. Uh, Start today and, uh, Lord renews His mercies every day, right? So tomorrow is a new day, right? And so, I don't know. That was just a thought I had on that. Well, that's good. Because well, it is, you know, then, and Luke talks about, you know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth, the mouth speaks, right? So the, so the core issue is the heart. Like, it's if your heart is not right, then yes, you will have gossip and slander and, and, and your tongue will be, you know, you will cut. Like, all those things will happen. Yes, you'll cuss, you'll... You know, it goes on to talk about, you know, you bless the Lord, your God with your tongue, but then you curse your brother. But then again, there's also like, there's also self-control, right? So like even if your heart has been changed, like your heart is pure, like you are following Jesus, there is still a self-control that has to take place with the tongue, right? And we all still, you know, stumble with our words. And I think, I think sometimes too, I'll read, because I'll, I'll read verses three through six here in a second, but... I think sometimes when I when I think about controlling the tongue, I I only think about it from the standpoint of like public talking, like with people. But I think we don't, we think about it less like in private. Like cause I probably say way worse things in private than I do in public. Whether it's like to myself, he for sure does. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying like we're so like we're so much harsh on ourselves in, in private or like we'll say something in private that like we probably wouldn't, we probably wouldn't say public. Right. So it's like, so it's all like, it's all connected to the heart, but there still is mm-hmm. like a self-control, like to controlling the tongue. So it's like, yeah. first you have to get your heart right. Cause if you don't get your heart right, then you know, you're going to just say whatever you want to say and you're not yeah. going to probably have conviction for it or whatever. Yeah. So you have to get your heart right. And then after that, you know, there is a self-control that over time comes from, like, as you tame the tongue, as you, mm-hmm. you know, as you learn to control it. Yeah, on this, like, topic of self-control, like, I was thinking, okay, what, like, what's a really practical thing? Like, how do I control, you know, my tongue? And there was a time where I really had to think about that. And so these next two verses, uh, verse 5, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Well, one, James, that's super intense, like just visually. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. For James, that. calm down. Yeah, thank you, James. Um, and this is the NIV, uh, BTW. So like thinking about like practically, 
I think a lot of what we say is like comes from insecurity. And the Bible talks a lot about that. I know that in my own life, like we, in, as it says here, the tongue makes great boasts. Like we say things to like, to look a certain way. Um, we want to fit in. We want to say the lingo, say the things that people around us are saying. We want to feel like we're knowledgeable, you know, we're cool or whatever. And um, I think the beginning of controlling your tongue is starting with quieting your mind. And like, that's why like we're all talking about here. It's so important to get into scripture to be of what you're saying to think, okay, now I'm taking good things, letting your heart fill up so that that can overflow. On a practical standpoint, I think like in public and in private, that just looks like starting to have that self-control to delay between what you think and then what you say. Like if you, you know, we've all talking about this. If you're consuming things like cussing is like a, and it's it, right or wrong. It's the example we're using because I think it's a good indicator for how much control we have. Like when you stub your toe, whatever come like, do you have control of the word that you say next? Mm-hmm. And that like, it's not that like saying a quote unquote cuss word is like, that's a major sin. And that means your heart is evil or whatever, but it, you should have control of what comes out of your mouth at that mm-hmm. point. Not saying you don't stumble. And that starts with quieting your mind, start practicing, uh, like thinking before you speak. Start whenever someone says something, instead of just immediately jumping in, like take a pause, think about it, you know, that kind of thing. And that also is a big part of just, yeah, like we've been talking about filling your mind up with good things. Like mm-hmm. if you want to, Stop cussing. Again, I keep using this example, but whatever. Stop gossiping. If you're around people who gossip, you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're listening to music, like, as good as Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo is, if you listen to that explosive version, you're going to say what it's saying. Like, it just is going to happen because that's what you're filling yourself up. But mm-hmm. if you fill yourself up with good things, it's going to make it way easier for you to, mm-hmm. one, feel more confident in yourself, your mind will be quieter and you'll have a little bit of head start on the self-control between what happens in your brain to what happens to your mouth. Yeah. And so, cause there is like, there's, con- it's, you know, the Bible says self-control is a fruit of the spirit, but there's, that's, that's so many different things. That's like, that's controlling your eyes, right? So that's, if a woman walks by, it's like you control your eyes to where you don't follow looking at her, right? Or if, you, if somebody pulls out in front of you and, you know, you control your anger, it's the same with your tongue. It's like just because you stub your toe or if, if you want to say something, but like there's a control that's, you know, we would say it's the Holy Spirit in you. Like there's mm-hmm. something in you that <clears throat> helps control it for you, right? I think it's cool in these illustrations, James talks about like how your tongue can control. So talks about, you know, um, a, a small bit in a horse's mouth or a rudder in the ship. But then he ends it with talking about how the tongue can also destroy. So he talks about how a tiny spark can also set a great forest on fire. So it's like just the illustration of a tongue can either, you know, control something or it has the, it has the power, it has the potential to, to, you know, to destroy something. I really like how James, like, he sets you up 
for like to be perfect, like be without sin, control your tongue. And then he, he like hits you with, but it's impossible. Verse eight. Then he like comes back with, but with God, yeah. it is possible. Mm-hmm. I know, Luke, you're talking about a minute ago, the fruits of the spirit. I think it's just a three to eight that point. The things that you say are just really a fruit of what's within, right? It's like you're saying too, Christian, the same thing with your actions, right? Like that's not, you can't just um, try to fix your actions or just fix your tongue. Like that's just the fruit. Like that's not really getting down to what's causing you to say those things. And I know for me, like maybe some of you who grew up maybe in in a really religious um, environment where it was just, hey, try harder, do more to be better, you know, ultimately you're just focusing on the external and never really getting to the heart. So, great point. Taking care of your health is not always easy, but it should at least be simple. And that's why for the last three years, I've been drinking AG1 every morning, no exceptions. I uh, just mix one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. Every single morning, it has become part of my routine because I love the benefits that it gives me. It gives me um, more energy, helps me feel more focused, and it helps me feel like I'm ready to take on the day and whatever challenges that I have. I don't like taking pills, and I don't like taking vitamins. And even in the, in the mornings, I don't take, like taking a lot of caffeine. And that's why AG1 has been such a great um, thing for me because it tastes delicious. I love drinking it in the mornings, like I said, and uh, just gets me ready for the day and whatever challenges that it might present to me. And I've even gotten so many people on it. My, my wife loves to drink AG1. My dad is a huge fan of it now. He drinks it every single day in the mornings. And AG1 is an essential part of my daily routine, especially if I'm super busy or have an active day coming up. And AG1 has got high quality ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens and antioxidants to give me all the extra boost that I need. So if there's one product that I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's going to be AG1. And that's why I've been partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash huff. That's drinkag1.com slash huff. Go check it out. The one thought I had earlier is that there is the debate. There he is. There's, there's always the debate that I've heard like... Because we keep bringing up the example of cussing, and there's always that person that's going to debate. And I've been there. That's going to debate the, the morality of, you know, cuss words. But that I think it's important to say, while we keep making that example, if you're that person that argues it, at the end of the day, you have to realize that it is a, it's a cultural thing. Like, no mm-hmm. one can deny it. Like, when you say what everyone would call a cuss word, mm-hmm. we all know which ones they are you get a reaction from people, whether they're Christians or not. So the whole, if yeah. the whole goal is to be like that whole idea of in the world, but not of the world, just off that cultural norm, like we can't, how are we different if we're not? Well, we call so just, somebody to stumble too, like you right. up earlier. Just think about if you're that person that's trying to stop and then like the Christians you're trying to be around are, are doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's not about the words. It doesn't matter what the actual word is. Mm-hmm. It's about what word can you control what words you use or what words you don't use. That's right. what it comes yeah. down to. We can even say it now. It's like, 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 you, like you brought up earlier, music. It's like if I, if I look back at my life to where I 
didn't really control the tongue. I kind of just said whatever I wanted to say. And I, 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 I would cuss. I could look at the inputs that I was having, like the songs I was listening to, the movies I was watching, the, the people I was hanging out with. So it's like, it is a byproduct. And it's the same with, it's the same with so many other things. It's like, if you're struggling with lust or if you're struggling not to cuss, like if these inputs that you're putting in are worldly and they're not good, then you're not going to tame the tongue. And like you said, Parker, it's not about necessarily, you know, not saying these specific words. It's like, no, you fixed a heart to where that's how you control the tongue. You don't just, mm-hmm. you don't just try to control the tongue without addressing the actual heart issue. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes we, you know, we can look at it that way, but generally I love that point that you brought up because it's like, it's not necessarily about the words. It's like, but what are you doing that influences the word, right? So if you're listening to this and if you know that listening to rap music makes you drop cuss bombs. Cuss, cuss bombs. bombs. What was I trying to Bro, say? Dropping say that one more time. Huh? Say that one more time with that word. Cuss bombs. One more time. Cuss bombs. I'm about to okay, use that. Stop. I'm about to use that as a cuss word. Like. I can't I can't think of what I was trying to say. Ah, cuss bomb. <laughs> <laughs> you let that intrusive thought of cuss bombs come in. You lost your train. That was not an intrusive thought. But I'm just thinking, like, if I'm listening, I, I can just see this. Like, it's the same with if I'm watching something, if I'm listening to something, it can make me more prone to have these other thoughts. And it's the same with my tongue. It's like if I'm listening to a rap song that is drops the F word yeah. 50 times, then I might be more inclined to think that in a certain situation, right? So it's like, it's it's all about the heart. You got to have the inputs. You got to make sure that what you're putting in is ultimately, you know, is going to help you get to where, get to where you want to go. And if you want to control the tongue, then I just would look at what inputs you have in your life. Yeah. And if they're bad, then it's going to be a lot harder to tame the tongue versus if you try to get those out. Well, I'll read the um, last five verses real quick. So it says, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh and bitter water? Does a fig fig tree produce olives or grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. That is so good. Yeah, generally, I, I was saying that earlier. It's like, James is so funny because he's like, no one can do it. And then he lists those things. I can't, I can't remember how you were lit earlier, but it was like, it was like just flip flop, flip flop, flip flop. Uh-huh. No one could do it. Yeah. Or it's like, this is what, this is how you can be perfect, but no one can do it. But with God, you can do it. That's so true. I think this next section, just my initial thought is I think this is where James is switching from like self-control, like individual words, as we've been talking about cussing, to a broader sense of like love. Like what is flowing out of you? Is it uplifting? Is it loving? Is it Christ-centered? Is it community-driven? Or is it bitter or gossip or, you know, tearing people down or whatever? Yeah. Well, he is. I mean, I think in verse 9, it's like sometimes it praises our God Yes, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in his image. So reading that, what do you think of? Well, I think of just hypocrisy, like somebody who's a hypocrite. Like mm-hmm. you bless God and then 
you turn around and you cuss out your neighbor who's made in the image of God. So it's like something there's a there's a difference there. And I think that's why he gets into the into the <clears throat> the spring parts. It's like does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh and bitter water. It's like no it doesn't. So you know, so it's like I think this section is where, you know, he does get to like the indwelling issue of like it's the spring, like, you know, kind of making that reference to what Luke talks about, like, you know, what out of out of the overflow of your heart, your your mouth speaks and just kind of viewing it viewing it like that. Yeah, I think that's good. I think I was thinking about like me and Luke warm here because it like he was talking about with the spring water, either fresh water comes out or or salt water. There can't be both, right? And so it's either Jesus comes out of you or the world comes out of you. And so um I was thinking about Paul that he's talking to the church in Corinth, but He's pretty much talking about uh, how he become to the weak, he become weak, and to the you know. So he was obviously with the Jew Gentiles here, but he says at the end of that, it was for the sake of the gospel, right? So that he may save some. And so it's like what Reeves was saying, yeah. Like if we know Reeves struggles with cussing, I'm not going to put him in a situation to cuss. Like we talked about earlier, Paul says, like you don't want to you don't want to make a brother stumble. So in order to know that, I got to know Reeves, right? Like I got to know what he struggles with. I got to know what Parker, John Luke, Christian struggles with, because here <clears throat> it ultimately points back. It's all about to further God's kingdom and what we do uh, with our words. And I think uh, what Paul's saying here: become the weak. He becomes weak for the weak. Is you got to know each other's weaknesses here, right? And know like, all right, if he's weak here, where can I be strong for him? Uh, and so that if it's lust, like, don't look at say, man, look at that good looking woman, knowing that this guy struggles with lust because it's going to cause him to stumble, right? And so, um, I know that was a point uh, I was thinking about. Paul was talking to that kind of goes along with here with James. I was thinking. I was thinking of it more like. Like the other day, um, I ran into this guy in the coffee shop. Uh, he's got this ministry, but it doesn't have to be ministry. It could be any anything that someone's doing. And if I like talked to him and was like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, like God bless you. I'll pray for you. You know, then I walk out and see another friend and I'm like, yeah, I hate that guy. I hope he fails. Like that's like yeah. I need to check my heart there. Yeah. You know, that is praising and cursing. That is putting on, in one sense, like, oh, yes, bless you. I hope you do well. Like, that's loving. And then all of a sudden making that switch of like, oh, I'm jealous or I don't want to do a thing or I don't like, I don't want to be with that guy or whatever. Like, there shouldn't, you should be loving all the way through, you know, in whatever circumstance. That's so good. And just... For those listening also too, just to kind of, you know, just to kind of say it, like we we all do these things. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. this I'm is saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saying, did like, that. And so I'm saying I yeah. had to check my heart the yeah. other day. This yeah. is not us being like, this is what you should do. This is us being like, no, we all still do this stuff, right? Like I'll, yeah, like after a prayer and then I'll see someone be like, oh my gosh, like I can't stand that. Like, <laughs> like, so I'm saying like we all, you know, like, and not that that's right, right? So you don't, you don't just also sit in that and just say, well, James said that no one can, t-. so it's like, you don't like excuse it. Like you, you repent and you turn from it and you, you do try to, you know, you do try to have more self-control and not that you're trying to like muster up strength to not say a cuss word. It's like, no, you, you fall more in love with Jesus than after that. You, yeah, you do gossip less. You do slander less. You do cuss less. And then, 
from there, you change it, your inputs and then your outputs are different, right? Um, we'll get into it next week, but, you know, it talks about, you know, um, this is verse 18. We're, we'll get there later. But it says, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So it's like you basically just saying like you reap what you sow, right? So if you're reaping these things, then you're going to sow, you know, good things. But if you continually reap things that you know aren't good for your life, then yes, you never will tame the tongue. You you will continue to be in a state of just hypocrisy of where, you know, like, like you just said, like that's a great example because we do that all the time. Like, so I'm just trying to set the precipice for those listening. Like we're not in any way better or more whatever. Like we all still, I, I still do this all the time. Like that's what I'm saying. That's what I said earlier. Like in private, like I'll call myself a dumb A. I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but A star star. And I'm like, I wouldn't probably say that in public, but like if I'm in private and I'm like, Christian, you dumb A. Like I, I'll say that, right? But I'm not like, if we're somewhere with me and Sadie on a, I'm not going to be like just sitting on the plane, like just cussing myself out. Like, you know, but like, but it's still the heart. Like yep. just because I did it in private, it's not mean I'm better than the person who did it in public. Right. So like, there's still all these things to get out. So just trying to set that thing of like, we're not talking to y'all, you know, we're talking with y'all because we all still, we all still can't control the tongue. So for me, sometimes dumb a star star is the best way to describe myself so i have to say it like i'm i'm fully in control of telling myself yeah okay no, 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 i need to work on that <laughs> it can't even be that it could be like just you like just speaking negatively right mm-hmm. like it doesn't yeah. have to be a cuss word it's like if you call yourself an idiot or you call yourself stupid it's like you know like words have meaning right and you know obviously the thing growing up but like sticks and says my big my bones but words may never hurt me like that's actually not true like words can hurt mm-hmm. you know the tongue has the power of life and death and it has you know it has great or we talked about earlier it can control a ship and it can also set a forest of fire so it's like it does have a huge part in our life so just to kind of set that we all still do that and i'll probably do it later today and i don't want to do it but so my son had a gift with technology with reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program. The world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. That's funny. I've been thinking about that scripture you just mentioned this whole time about the uh, the tongue has a power of life and death from Proverbs 18. And just think about how much what you say can really impact somebody. Like, I know we can all remember in our lives sometime where someone really just sat down and encouraged us, like spoke life into us. Mm-hmm. Like, it literally changed the trajectory of your life. 
you know? Yeah. Like, I know I've had people come in, like, are on my faith and just, like I said, say, hey, I believe in you. Like, you can do something. Like, you can get out of where you're at, you know? Like, it can absolutely change somebody's life. But we don't realize that. Like, it could be the simplest, take five minutes to speak some life over somebody, and it can really make an impact. Yeah. But the same goes for the opposite, right? You could you can cut somebody down in three words, yeah, and it can really, really hurt them. You know, really make them think low about themselves or, or other people or about Christ. You know, it's just we do have such an opportunity every day to make an impact positively with the words that we speak. And I know for me, I don't step into that enough. I think a lot of us don't, you know, like, man, we could, if it's just calling somebody in mm-hmm. Ephesians 4, encourage one another daily, like, we don't do that enough. And that's kind of something that's been sitting on me this morning as we've been talking about it, is, yes, there's so much destruction that can come from our tongue, but if we would just, like, a lot of that would be eliminated if we would just be like, hey, man, I just need to, if I need to encourage somebody. I need to just say five encouraging things to somebody today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that would really mm-hmm. not only impact others, but bring about some heart change too in us. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Cause I feel like, you know, I feel like every time and we've kind of gotten there, just kind of think by and large, whenever you think about controlling the tongue, you kind of just resort to like cussing. I think that's right. just kind of, but I wrote this down cause this verse is so, I just, I love this verse so much. And, uh, just because I also, you know, this is, you know, this applies to this text too, but it says, this is in Proverbs 26, 18 through 19. 18 through 19. It says, just as damaging as a madman shooting a deadly weapon as someone who lies to a friend and then says, I was only joking. So like, I just, I think that's so crazy to equate like somebody shooting a, a bow to you like, you know, gossiping or slandering or like making a joke or whatever or lying to your friend and be, then because cause we do that. It's like, I'm just joking. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but you said it, right? Right. So, I, th- I mean, that's something I even wrestle with is, like, saying something stupid, then it's like, I'm just joking. But it's like, but you said it, right? So it came from somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? So I just think of, like, yeah, I just have that image of someone just, like, pew, just shooting these arrows. And it's like, you just keep being, like, oh, I'm just joking, I'm just joking, I'm just joking. Like, but eventually one of those arrows is actually going to, like, hit somebody, mm-hmm. right? And to where you yeah. just say, I'm just joking, it's going to be like, okay, well, I don't, like, that's... You know, I've had enough of that. You know, I don't think you're actually joking because you keep, you keep, you keep saying it. So. Right. And usually, something like a that you're gonna choose to joke about is somewhat rooted in the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whenever it happens to be a harmful truth to the person that it's directed at, it's not a. It's not funny. Yeah. You know? Which is hard, especially in the close relationships. A lot of times, that's tolerable. Like we're gonna crack on each other, but. You know, it's back to the whole moral of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this in First Corinthians 10. Uh, it says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. And this is big. It says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he also provides a way to get out that you may, may be able to endure it. I think I forget about that last part of, like, there's always a way out of this temptation, right? We always... We are, for me, a lot of times I forget. It's like, okay, if there is a way out, why am I not looking for that way out initially? Because I'm always looking into the sin more than I am the way out of sin because of obviously our human desires. But uh, to there is like God is faithful. God gives you that way out. 
but in order to seek that way out, we have to know how to get out of it. And so if you are struggling with, you know, and I, I was cussing or whatever, but I was thinking about anger. When, when anger comes, what comes behind anger is the tongue, right? We mm-hmm. spill that out to someone or something. And um, so in for, to encourage myself and us and you listening and here at this table is, man, God is faithful when we're weak. And he always provides a way out, but that way out is we got to work for, and that's why getting in his word and seeing what those ways out. Because then it says uh, we're able to endure it. And Parker, you were talking about uh, just the beautiful thing of what the tongue can do. James five sixteen, we'll talk about later. It's like confessing that sin to a brother, and how powerful the tongue can be. Because it says there's power, there's power in a righteous person's prayer as it's working in that moment. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a that's a way out right there, right? When there's sin in your life and you confess that with your tongue, then there's power in righteous men. So like at this table, when a request is being presented, man, like people are going to the Father on behalf of your heart and your soul and your struggle, man, like there's power in that. So mm-hmm. know that what God made for us for good, like we can continue to use it for good. And yeah, it's gonna you're gonna stumble and we're gonna do things wrong with it. But also know, man, like God's grace, like God, forgive me, turn from that, and let's just move on and keep using it to further his kingdom. Because ultimately, we can sit here and dwell on, we know we're going to mess up with the tongue, but let's like, let's work at what can we do better with the tongue so that we can, you know, I don't know, encourage encourage myself with that. But yeah, anyways. That was the verse that I was thinking of earlier. Be quick to listen, slow to anger, slow to speak. So I'm thankful that you just said that because go. that was the... <laughs> That was the one that I was thinking of for like five minutes. Because I think that's I think that's why, right? It's like slow to anger, slow to speak. Because it's like it's it's really hard to control the tongue if you're just enraged. Right? At least that's, that's what I've seen in my life. It's like yeah. you're not gonna control it. It's hard, it, yeah, you're not gonna control it if you're just mad all the time and you think everyone's against you and you think that you're like so I think Obviously, we keep coming back to the heart. Like, you got to address these things in your heart. You know, so whether it is, it's like, it can be rage, which makes it hard for you to control the tongue. It could be jealousy, which makes it hard for you to control your tongue. It could be gossip, to where you just want to talk about other people. Um, you know, there's so many other things. Or that could be, you know, you not having a right view of who you are. You know, as a child of God, you think you're less than, or you think that you're, you know, we talked about earlier, like if you're constantly just tell yourself that you're, you're dumb, you're stupid. Like those words will actually have a negative effect on you mm-hmm. to where, you know, you're just, like you said earlier, Parker, like you're not speaking life. You're not uplifting. You're not, you know, encouraging. And I think that's the thing we can think of. We don't think about often. It's like sometimes we need to encourage ourselves mm-hmm. and like actually speak life to ourselves and into who we are. That's a great point to hit on as far as, you know, the words we speak, like, Arguably, the most important words we speak are the ones we speak to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. I know some I heard one time I'll never forget was like, you will, you would never talk to someone else like you talk to yourself. Yeah. You know, like most of the time, it's really true. Like we talk to ourselves horribly, and that has a direct impact on what we believe about ourselves, right? Which is going to have a direct impact on how we treat others mm-hmm. and what kind of spouse we are, what kind of friend we are, so on and so forth. So. I think that's a really important question to ask ourselves, you know, is why we do speak the way we do about ourselves. Because it does have, there's all kinds of statistics about the psycho psychology of it, you know, like how many times you speak to yourself in a day. It's yeah, absolutely unbelievable. And so it is really important. That's good.
that's the quote that summed up good what I was trying to say earlier of the things that I say in private. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, gentlemen, that was a great conversation. Um, Thank you all so much for for joining again and stay tuned for next week as we talk about uh, how true wisdom comes from God. And um, like I said, just just to wrap this up, I hope that this just provided some sort of yeah encouragement, but also a challenge to you to to um, you know to look at your life and to see do you control the tongue and in what areas do you do it and what areas maybe do you fail, do you fail to do it and just look at some of the inputs in your life. You know, it's easy for us to talk about you know, inputs that have other struggles, right? So if it's lust, it's like cut out pornography. If it's, if it's these other things, it can be maybe easier for us to see what to eliminate it, you know, what to cut off, what to gouge out to actually see change be from it. So the same for, for your tongue. It's what, what, whatever may be leading you to, to gossip or to slander or to cuss or to, you know, to speak negatively about, look to maybe see what could be in your life that could be, you know, presenting that or could be easier to, to make you get there. And I just ask you that you would look at that and uh, just try to eliminate it and get serious about it because um, it's something to get serious about. If we want to live in fullness of what God's called us to, we need to be able to control the tongue and uh, bless other people and not curse them and um, just live a life where we can do that. So thank you so much for for joining. And I hope that that this episode impacted you. And tune in next week as we talk about how uh, wisdom comes from God. We're we're talking a lot, um, but like we've said, we're not teachers here. We're just having a conversation, and we'd also love to hear what uh, y'all think. So leave us comments, tell us what you're thinking about it, and that's really going to shape what we talk about as we move forward. <laughs>